listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 292. We are reading from volume 4, book 7, chapter 7, paragraphs 113 to 117. 113. She returned to her place, and it is impossible to describe in words the effects of this participation of the Holy Eucharist in this most exalted of creatures. She was entirely transformed and elevated, completely absorbed in this divine conflagration of the love of the Most Holy Son, whom she had now received bodily. She remained in a trance, elevated from the floor, But the holy angel shielded her somewhat from the view, according to her own wish, in order that the attention of those present might not be unduly attracted by the divine effects apparent in her. The disciples continued to distribute Holy Communion, first to the disciples and then to the others who had been believers before the ascension. But of the 5,000 newly baptized, only 1,000 received communion on that day, because not all were entirely prepared or furnished with the insight and attention required for receiving the Lord in this great sacrament and mystery of the altar. With regard to the manner of communion in that day, the apostles observed the distinction of giving it to the Most Holy Mother and the 120 upon whom the Holy Ghost had come, both species of bread and of wine. But the recently baptized partook only of the species of bread." But this difference was not made because the new faithful were less worthy of the one species than of the other, but because the apostles knew that in either one of the species they received the same object in its entirety, namely the sacramental God, and that there was no precept, and likewise no necessity that each one receive both species. They considered that there would be great danger of irreverence and other very grave inconveniences to permit the multitude to partake of the species of the blood. While this was not to be feared in the communion of the few, who then partook of them at that time, I have been made to understand that for all those who are not consecrating or celebrating the practice of communicating only the species of bread obtained from the very beginning of the church, although some that were not priests for some time partook of both species, Yet, as soon as the church increased and spread over the whole world, she, being guided by the Holy Ghost, very wisely ordained that laymen and those not celebrating Mass should communicate only in the species of the sacred body, and that it was to pertain to those who were celebrating these divine mysteries to partake of both species. Such is the secure practice of the Roman Catholic Church. 114. 
All having received communion, St. Peter ended the sacred mysteries by reciting some psalms and prayers, which he and the other apostles offered up in thanksgiving. For at that time the other rites and ceremonies, which later on were added, for the worthy celebration of Mass, as well before as after the consecration and communion, had not been instituted. In our times the most blessed and wise Roman Church has established all that is contained in the Holy Mass, as celebrated by the priests of the Lord." The apostles spent some more time in prayer, and when the day had already declined toward evening, they proceeded to the other business, and to partake of the necessary nourishment. Our great Queen and Lady gave thanks to the Most High for all of them, and the Lord was pleased with her thanksgiving, granting the petitions which His Beloved offered up for the present and the absent in His Holy Church. Instruction which the great Queen of the Angels, the Blessed Mary, gave me. One fifteen, My daughter... Although in the present life thou canst not penetrate into the mystery of the love which I had and still have for men, yet in addition to that which thou hast understood, I wish for thy better information that thou consider again how the Lord has given me the title of mother and teacher of the church. With it he infused into my soul an ineffable participation of charity and mercy for the children of Adam, as I was a mere creature. And since this blessing was so immense, its effects would have deprived me many times of life if the divine power had not miraculously sustained me. These effects I felt frequently in my thanksgiving, when souls were received into the church or were made partakers of the eternal glory. For I alone could know and estimate this happiness in its entirety. And since I realized it, I gave thanks for it to the Almighty with intense fervor and deepest humility." But the occasions in which I was affected most deeply was when I asked for the conversion of sinners, and when any of the faithful fell into eternal perdition. At such and other times, experiencing the extreme opposite of my joys, I suffered much more than the martyrs and all their torments. I exerted myself for each soul with an eminent and supernatural force. For all this, the children of Adam stand in debt to me, since I offered up for them so many times my own life though at present I am not any more in a condition to offer it for them. Yet my love which seeks their eternal salvation is not diminished, but is more exalted and perfect. One sixteen. If such was the force of my love of God when my fellow men were concerned, thou canst understand what was my love toward the Lord himself when receiving him in the blessed sacrament. I will tell thee a secret concerning what happened when I received Holy Communion for the first time from the hands of St. Peter. On this occasion the Most High gave such sway to the violence of my love that my heart opened up, in fact, and as was my desire, permitted the sacramental Lord to enter and take his rest there as in his legitimate throne and tabernacle. From this thou wilt understand that if in the glory which I now enjoy I could be sorrowful, one of the reasons for being so would be dreadful carelessness and presumption with which mortals approach to receive the sacred body and blood of my divine Son some of them unclean and abominable others, with veneration and respect, and nearly all of them without attention, without appreciation or consideration for the value of that food, which is nothing less than God himself for eternal life or eternal death. One seventeen, Fear then, my daughter, this dreadful danger. Weep to see it in so many children of the church, and ask the intervention of the Lord. In pondering over my teachings, make thyself worthy to understand profoundly this mystery of love, and when thou art permitted to receive him, 
Detach and cleanse thy interior from all earthly things, attending only to the fact that thou art about to receive the infinite and incomprehensible God himself. Surpass thyself in love, in humility and thanksgiving, since all that thou canst ever do will be less than is demanded by such an exalted mystery. For thy better preparation, let that example which I did on such occasions be thy model and example. I desire especially that thou imitate me interiorly, as in the three bodily prostrations. Observe also that which thou hast added thyself in order to do reverence to the sacramental flesh and blood, as coming from my womb and as having been nourished and grown from my milk. Ever keep up this devotion. For the truth thou hast perceived, that this consecrated body contains part of my own body and blood and substance, is in real fact. And if, in thy love, thou wouldst deeply grieve to see the sacred body and blood ignominiously and sacrilegiously trampled underfoot, thou shouldst feel the same grief and shed bitter tears at seeing so many children of the church treat it with irreverence and without any fear or decorum. Weep, then, over this misfortune. Weep, because there are few who weep over it, and weep because the evident designs of the love of my divine Son are thus frustrated. And in order that thou mayest weep more bitterly, I tell thee that just as in the primitive church there were so many who were saved by it, now there are countless souls who damn themselves through it. I do not tell thee what happens in this regard every day, lest if thou knew it and have within thee any love thou shouldst die of grief. This damage is done because the children of the faith are following darkness, love vanity, covet riches, and nearly all of them seek after vain and deceitful pleasure, which blinds and obscures the understanding and covers up the light with darkness, which knows no distinction between the good and the bad, and penetrates not the truths of the evangelical doctrine. This concludes our reading for day number 292. And we have been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 7, Paragraphs 113 to 117. Interesting to hear today how the early church receives Holy Communion. Uh, for example, that uh, certain people received both species, other people just received one species. And for the longest time since the Second Vatican Council, we as a church predominantly were, were receiving both species, but with the COVID-19 pandemic, kind of went back to that one species. We do believe in this doctrine of concomitance, that what is present in the Eucharistic host that is present in the Blessed Chalice as well, that Christ is present in body, blood, soul, and divinity in Holy Communion, that all of that essence is contained in the Eucharistic host we receive. Of course, receiving from the chalice gives a greater expression of this Eucharistic devotion, similar to that of the Last Supper, but from our teaching of the Church, it's not necessary and uh, was only something that was recently uh, adapted in the life and spirituality of the faithful uh, in the last century. Remember that Maria Vagrida is writing in the 17th century, so she had already experienced, for example, the Council of Trent, which gives us a very beautiful Eucharistic uh, doctrine as well. Think about the disposition of Our Lady as she receives Holy Communion. What happens to her? Well, it says that she was entirely transformed and elevated, completely absorbed in this divine conflagration of the love of her Most Holy Son, whom she had now received bodily. She remained in a trance, elevated from the floor, but the holy angel shielded her. So she was really caught up in the fact that she had just received her divine son. 
She felt his presence. She knew his presence. She, she received his presence so fully into her. In the instruction, she describes it as him taking his seat upon the throne and upon a tabernacle as he enters within her. We also heard that the apostles spent some more time in prayer after they celebrated the Eucharist. So I would think that's kind of like our prolonged Thanksgiving after Mass, maybe just spending a few moments with Jesus in prayer. Some people do choose to spend a extended time. Maybe they pray the rosary or they pray a holy hour after Mass. So uh, there is this notion of wanting to extend that time of prayer and communion with the Lord. And finally, and finally, I think we need to simply just mention that we need to be prepared to receive Holy Communion. Maybe that's why the 5,000, but of the 5,000 newly baptized, only 1,000 received communion on that day because not all were entirely prepared or furnished with the insight and attention required for receiving the Lord. And we think about kind of our own approach of the Blessed Sacrament and our reception of Holy Communion and thinking about those things well, am I in a state of grace? That's the most important question. And Maria of Agreda is saying that Mary told her that you would weep bitter tears at seeing so many children of the church treated with irreverence and without any fear or decorum. I tell you that just in the primitive church, there were so many who were saved by it. Now there are countless souls who damn themselves through it. I do not tell thee what happens in this regard every day, lest... If thou knew it and have within thee any love, thou shouldst die of grief. This damage is done because the children of the faith are following darkness, love, vanity, covet riches, and nearly all of them seek after vain and deceitful pleasure, which blinds and obscure the understanding and covers up the light with darkness. Well, go back to St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says that whoever eats the body and blood of the Lord unworthily brings damnation upon their souls. And that's why, if we're conscious of a grave sin, important that we go to holy ma- go to confession before we receive Holy Communion. The power of the Eucharist is that of can be damnation, as just mentioned, or it can be that of salvation. Jesus saying, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will live forever. And to receive Holy Communion in the state of grace is to receive it in imitation of Our Lady, who is the Immaculate Conception, whose soul was so filled with love for God at that very moment. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.